that it's time to go to the word of the Lord tonight. I've felt such a weight all afternoon for this service, somebody here tonight. of Revelation chapter number 10. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head and his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. He had in his hand a little book open and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. Cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth and when he had cried seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices I was about to write and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven. Swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up. And it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in, my, in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I'd eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. I want to draw my subject tonight under the inspiration and the weight of the Spirit from the end of verse number 6 that there should, that there should be time no longer. I'm going to preach tonight when time shall be no more. When time shall be no more. Father, the Holy Ghost has to do this tonight. God, I can't just preach words. I feel such a weight of the Holy Ghost. It falls upon me to declare and to decree what the Spirit would have the church here tonight. Open up our ears to hear what the Spirit would say. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. In studying the human body, scientists have been able to analyze, dissect every aspect of the body from top to bottom. 
They have drawn conclusions about what each member does and how it operates. Bones and organs and tissue, etc. However, when it comes to the human brain, they will never reach a point of conclusion. For the brain is something that no man can fully understand. If I could share some facts with you today, your brain is made up of three pounds of remarkable matter. 60% of that brain is made up of fat. Your brain is not fully formed until the age of 25. And your brain storage capacity is virtually unlimited. Research suggests that the human brain consists of about 86 billion neurons. Each neuron forms connections to other neurons, which could add up to one quadrillion connections. Over time, these neurons can combine, increasing storage capacity. Brain information travels up to an impressive 268 miles per hour without you even realizing it. The spinal cord is the, cord is the main source of communication between the body and the brain. It's also a myth that you only use 10% of your brain. You actually use all of your brain. A piece of brain tissue the size of a grain of sand contains 100,000 neurons and 1 billion synapses. The human brain can generate about 23 watts of power, which is enough to power a standard light bulb. These are just a few highlights of how powerful and wonderful the brain is. But in all of that, I want you to stop and consider today that there are some things that the human brain can't figure out. The first that comes to mind is how God can love a sinner that doesn't love him. We know how to love people who love us, but it's a whole lot different when we're supposed to love someone who doesn't love us back. But can I tell you today that we're here not because we loved him, but because he first loved us. The Bible says, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hey, friend, there's some things my brain can't comprehend. And that's one of them, how God could go to Calvary and he could die for a people that doesn't love him back. You want to talk about love? Let's talk about Golgotha. You want to talk about love? Let's talk about stripes on his back. There's no way we can comprehend it. tell you what else the brain can't comprehend 
brain can't comprehend eternity. Try as we might, our mind cannot grasp when time shall be no more. Because our whole world, everything that we know, has been governed by clocks and governed by calendars. Your life is second by second, minute by minute. You go to bed at a certain time. You get up at a certain time. You celebrate birthdays. You celebrate occasions. You go through a work week. Everything is governed by time. But can I tell you, just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Eternity awaits tonight as we go through the motions in another service. It's one more service that is spent that we won't get as we march our way to a throne, as we march our way headlong into eternity. The moment when the angel puts one foot on the sea and one put up one foot on the earth and under the inspiration and the instruction of the Spirit of God, he declares time shall be no more. Doesn't matter if you agree with it. Doesn't matter if you understand it. It doesn't matter if I can answer all the questions and cross the T's and dot the I's about how it's going to happen. The fact remains today that it awaits all of us. I want to talk about some realities tonight. The first reality that you've got to understand is that there is a throne of God that every person that's ever lived will stand before that throne. You will not be able to avoid the judgment seat of Christ. You will not be able to have someone stand next to you. It's you and almighty God, the one who made you, the one who formed you, and you will not be able to pull the wool over his eyes. He won't be able to offer an excuse for anything that you might try to excuse regarding your behavior because you will be standing in front of, God, of, of a God who knows everything about you. Everything you did in private will be shouted from the rooftop. Everything you tried to conceal, God will leak and jerk the curtain off of your private life. Everything that you thought you would get away with is going to be exposed, not just before God, but before the entire history of humanity. As it could be like a movie, God plays back your entire life. I've come tonight to preach to somebody and to stir your heart. You've got to realize that there's a throne that you're going to stand before. There's a judge that's going to sit there, a righteous judge who will judge evil and he will judge righteousness and will be rewarded according to our actions. Do you realize that every day is a gift from God? 
do you realize that every second you're given is something that God trusts you with? And I, I, I live with a pressure put on myself. I don't want to waste a day. I don't want to just, I don't want to stand before God and look over my life and realize that I wasted time that God gave me when I could have been doing something productive. The Bible says that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word that would come out of your mouth that you've got to give an account for at the day of judgment. This is what the book says. I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire so there's a judge that you're going to face. But then you got to realize that at the point of judgment, there's only two destinations. Period. You don't get a redo. This is not a dress rehearsal. You got one shot. That's it. You don't get to make excuses. You don't get to say, God, but I meant this and I know I didn't. You can't do that. Because from that point of judgment, if your name is not found in the book of life, if your name is not written in that book, then there is a destination that awaits you and that's a devil's hell. Tell you about hell tonight, young people. You think of the worst thing that you could imagine. Think of the worst reality that your mind can even think about. And that will not even scratch the surface of what hell's going to be like. Because hell will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell will be free falling through the grossest darkness that you can ever comprehend. But that's not all there is to hell because hell will be nothing but forever burning. And the Bible says that the fire cannot be quenched where the worm dieth not. And for all of eternity, you will think about opportunities that you missed. You will think about churches, services that you sat in. You will think about sermons that you listened to. You will think about opportunities that you had. You will hear the screams of loved ones. As all of eternity, you fall and you fall and you burn and you're tortured and you're tormented. Your name was not written. And you will wish 
for the sunrise. You will wish for a flicker of light. But you've got to realize that hell has no light. Hell is nothing but outer darkness. Hell is the absence of light. Hell is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever torment. It's torment. It's torment. When you hear the screams of those that you know that did not make it, when you hear the screams of those that you loved that you did not tell and they did not make it and they scream for all of eternity as they have yielded their bodies under the care of the demons of hell and demons can do anything they want to do to that person for all of eternity. And everything that I've just said is not even a glimpse of what hell's going to be like. It's all, all torture. There's nothing fun in hell. There's no pleasure in hell. There's nothing good in hell. Young people, you don't want to go to hell. Mom and daddy, you don't want to go to hell. Listen, hell is not what God ever intended for his creation. In fact, the Bible says that hell hath enlarged herself because there's more people going to hell than what God ever intended to go. And you've got to realize tonight that God does not choose your eternity. You do. God is a just God. When you get to that judgment seat, and it's coming, after that thousand year reign on this earth, that's what this is talking about. Everybody's got to go to the great white throne judgment, that judgment seat of Christ. When you get there, your fate's sealed. You don't get to hurry up and change what you did in your past. Too late. When that angel comes down and says, time shall be no more. There's no more names added to that book. What's in there is in there. And when it's opened, Time doesn't matter, so it doesn't matter how long that line lasts. It doesn't matter if it takes what we would consider a hundred years for that line to go through. Don't matter. Time shall be no more. And you choose, ma'am, you choose, sir, where you're going to spend eternity, not God. God sets the stage. Everybody can come. Everybody has access to the same blood. Everybody has access to the same cross. Everybody's got access to the same mercy. The beauty of right now is you don't have to go to hell. 
You don't have to go to hell. If you go to hell, it'll be over opportunity and opportunity and opportunity that God gave you to make sure you had a chance to get things right with God. Nobody will be able to stand before that throne and say, God, I didn't know. Nobody will be able to stand before that throne and say, God, I didn't have a chance because you got a chance tonight. You got a chance tonight. You hear me, ma'am. You hear me, sir. As bad as you could think hell would be, heaven's going to be better than what you could ever imagine. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to spend eternity away from God. You don't have to fall forever and hear the screams of those that you love who didn't make it. You don't have to. Because let me tell you, the Bible says, I have not seen ear hasn't heard neither has it entered in the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him and I saw no temple John said therein for the Lord God almighty and the lamb are the temple of it and the city had no need of the sun neither of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it and the lamb is the light thereof and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day for there shall be no night there and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it and there shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth it neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life do you realize tonight how merciful God is do you understand that it doesn't matter how you've been living. It doesn't matter if you haven't been taking this serious. It doesn't matter how many times you wasted a service. Uh, there's a God that says, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to give you one more trip to an altar. I'm going to give you one more opportunity at my blood. I'm going to give you one more time to put your name where it belongs. In the Lamb's book of life. Friend, you don't have to go to hell tonight. There's a heaven to gain. If you make sure your name is in that book. What a God. What a God who's merciful. What a God who gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I want to make sure tonight when that angel's feet touch down on this earth, I've got my name where it belongs. Stand with me right now. I don't even want music. I feel such a weight of the spirit. I feel tonight if I've ever felt God reaching for somebody. Hey, you hear me tonight. Hear what I'm fixing to say. You are not guaranteed one more service. 
I believe I've shared this story here before. I'm not going to name the name of the preacher. He was preaching at a church. There was a young lady on this side of the church. You can turn the live stream off. There was a young lady on this side of the church, and he looked at her. He said, ma'am, it's time to stop playing games with God. She kind of snickered. A little bit later, he was preaching. There was a young man on this side of the church. He said, sir, it's time to stop playing games with God. He told that lady, told that girl, he said, ma'am, I see you standing in the middle of the street surrounded by people screaming, oh my God, oh my God. That boy snickered and walked out. After service, he had no idea that was a brother and a sister opposite sides of the church. And that daddy came and confronted him and said, I want you to apologize. He said, I ain't apologizing for nothing. He said, I ain't the Holy Ghost and I'm not going to apologize. God said that, not me. That man and his wife got mad and left the church. Several years go by and he forgot all about it. And he went back to that city and he was preaching. And he and that pastor were eating lunch. That pastor got a phone call. He threw the money on the table and jumped up and said, we got to go. We got to go right now. He didn't didn't have a clue what was going on. They drive across town. They pull up and there's people standing everywhere. They get out, fire trucks, paramedics, paramedics. And that boy that he spoke to was on a motorcycle, slid under an 18-wheeler and took his head off. And when he walked up, he saw that girl surrounded by people screaming, oh my God, oh my God. And that mama ran up to him and said, you got to pray for my boy. And he said, everything in me wanted to go pray for him. And the Holy Ghost said, don't pray. He chose his faith. He said, while firefighters were washing this foam all over the street trying to clean that blood, he said he backed up by the ditch. He said that blood, he couldn't move. It just flowed all around him. And he never heard that boy talk. But he said, I heard a voice. The Lord said, was that boy's voice screaming, if I could only do it again. If I could only do it over. And the Lord said for all of eternity. That's what that boy is going to scream. You hear me ma'am and sir. Eternity's a long time to play with your soul. Eternity's a long time. To play. With your soul. If you got one shot. You better take it serious. If this was your last altar call, you better make it count. If this was your last time to make something right with God, 
if I were you, I'd take advantage of my opportunity. These altars are open for whosoever will tonight.